Only four starting quarterbacks in the NFL currently have won a Super Bowl. An amazing statistic. One of those, Patrick Mahomes. What do the Chiefs have to do to get back to the Super Bowl next year? And the Philadelphia Eagles offseason. All that more on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. A little interesting nugget that I saw you tweet out yesterday, Matt, and shout out to the great Mel Kuyper. Some people, first of all, can I start about, can I start with some Mel Kuyper appreciation? Yeah. The the godfather of draft coverage. There was like, growing up, there was one guy doing it, and it was Mel Kuyper, and it was Joel Bushbaum that did the the Pro Football Weekly book, right? And so right. that was it. And I as a young NFL draft geek from an early age, that was it. And so the OGs, rest in peace, Bushbaum, uh, and, and Mel Kuyper was the OG. So I don't care if his analysis is bad these days. I don't care about any of it. Love the hair. I want to see him on TV talking about the draft uh, and, until he can't do it anymore. I love it. But I got to take that over too. Were you done? Or, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, his blue book that he doesn't put out anymore, mm-hmm. I'm betting I own every one of them that he's ever put out. I, I mean, because he started around 1980. I was probably, I was seven at that point, And that's when I started to care about the draft. And I read every word of every one of those blue books five times. I mean, because there was no internet. I mean, you just got the blue book. He had a mock draft in the back, you know, that was super outdated. You know, I mean, it was three months before, ahead of the draft. And I read every profile over and over and over and over. And w- once, he probably doesn't remember, there was a handful of us that all went out to dinner. He was one of them during my ESPN days. And uh, super, I was like, wow, I'm sitting here next to Mel Kuyper. How cool is that? You know, so he's a legend. <laughs> How was the hair in real life? Oh, it didn't let you down okay. at all. Yeah. It, it, as impressive as Javon Hargrave's backside in person. Okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> All back to the last, uh, if you don't know what that means, yeah, <laughs> last, last week, mailbag yeah. episode, we had a little bit of fun there. Uh, <laughs> Mel Kuyper's wife, a hairdresser, by the way. So if you're wondering oh, why I didn't he, know that. his hair is so nice, uh, he's got he's got some in-house knowledge of how to make that happen. Um, but a great nugget that he dropped yesterday. Yes, I was listening to their podcast with Todd McShay, and Todd and I got hired at the same time at ESPN. He's doing great. Um, and Mel mentioned this. He said, there's only four starting quarterbacks that have that have a, that won a Super Bowl. And I'm like, is that real? So I dug into it, and I'm not counting Chad Henney getting a ring a couple days ago. I mean, started a Super Bowl. Flacco and Foles, I'm not counting. And you did the research on this. Flacco is a free agent at the moment. Foles is under a two-year contract, one more year with the Colts, but certainly could be a cap casualty. But they're not starting quarterbacks. And, and so, they may not be in the league this year. We, we don't right, know yeah, for yeah. sure. And like Joe Flacco, what is he even doing toiling around as a number three quarterback for the Jets with that quarterback situation? Right. Like, I, if the money really made. feels like it's time for Joe Flacco to, to hang him up. And look, if you more power to him, he wants to keep if he wants to play till he's 45 as a backup. Go ahead. Do your thing, Joe Flacco. But, um, yeah. you know, it, it wouldn't be completely shocking if once 
draft day rolls around, once week one rolls around, Flacco and, and maybe even Foles, too, could be unemployed. So no guarantee they're in the league player. currently and definitely not starters in the league. But it's amazing right. that only four current starting quarterbacks have won Super Bowls in the NFL after the retirement of Tom Brady. Yeah, and it's Mahomes, it's Rodgers, it's Wilson, and Stafford. And between the four of them, they have five rings. <laughs> you know, it's not like yeah, Brady retiring obviously screws us up a little bit. You know, I mean, that's it's timely with Brady retiring. And you had a great nugget before this. Like, one year from now, the 2024 season, Flacco's not going to be in the league. Is Foles going to be in the league? Probably not. Rodgers might not be. Wilson may have collapsed and may not even be a starter at that point. Stafford almost hung it up this year. Yeah. You know, like, if Mahomes, let's say Mahomes re- repeats and no one else gets to, to added to the list, it could go down to one or two. I mean, four could, might seem like a lot. It could conceivably be one starting quarterback yeah, in, the yeah. NFL, in the NFL in 2024 has a Super Bowl ring in his Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, as a starter. You He's know, right. Unbelievable. And if he starts manip- you know, monopolizing Super Bowl appearances like Brady did, doesn't leave a lot of windows. I mean, even the ones he loses, that's just not a lot of opportunities for Allen and Burrow and all these other dudes. And this could be a, let's make this a little bit longer conversation. If we get the Eagles tomorrow, we get the Eagles tomorrow. But I find this really interesting because as you were bringing us in, I went to drafthistory.com and just wanted to look at the first round quarterbacks. You know, why is there this gap? Well, first of all, of course, we just lost Brady. Recently lost Ben. Rivers. Yeah, no, he doesn't have a word. You know, uh, Eli. Breeze. Breeze. You know, there's a long list of Hall of Famers that have. Peyton, Peyton Manning, obviously. Yeah, and, like, there's right. going to be a backlog. And there's going to be a, a whole bunch of Hall of Fame quarterbacks coming up in, in very yes. in very near future for, for uh, Hall of Fame classes. Basically, starting next year through the next five, there's going to be first ballot guys. Yeah, yeah and without question. So, Bradford was drafted in 2010, and as mentioned, he's already looking like an old man. But there's an amazing gap between Stafford. The league really got shorted on quarterbacks. You know, like, here's the first rounders since Stafford. Cam Newton, retired. Locker, Gabbard, Ponder, Luck. That's the one that killed the league. Because oh. Luck could have carried the mantle, you know what he I mean? Was, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. He was going to be the conduit that that carried the league from the old guard to the new guard as yeah. as the guy, and, and that, that, that's a rough one. That sucks for the fans. It sucks for you know Luck's career how that ended up going. Uh, a, a bummer when you think about what that looks like. By the way, he's in my neck of the woods at Stanford right now, getting a graduate degree, oh, and uh, and I think wants to maybe go into coaching. So we might not have seen the last of Andrew Luck as a pertains to football i don't know if he's trying to go to the nfl level but i think he's going to start to i think he wants to be a high school head coach basically when he's done with this okay and and russell wilson's the same class so let's say luck didn't hang it up he'd probably be in his prime or you know on the 12th hole of an 18 horror course you know like yeah. starting to decline so it, here's some more first rounders though rg3 that year Tannehill, whedon then you get into ej manual um Blake Bortles, Manziel, Bridgewater, Winston Mariota go one and two, and then Goff and Wentz go one and two, and then Paxton Lynch is a first-rounder that year. Trubisky. I mean, so then you get to 2017 where Mahomes is drafted, and now you're starting to get some dudes again. Mahomes, Watson. But from 2010 to 2016, Luck's like the only good guy I mentioned, and he's gone. You got zero. Right, right. 
Wow. It's crazy. I mean, not to mention Mayfield and Darnold and Rosen and other sort of recent misses, but those guys should be in their prime right now. Haskins, Locke, you know, Locke's a two, but I mean, wow. You know, I mean, that's a long stretch of not bringing in high quality quarterbacks. And I think that's a big reason why this stat is what it is with all those dudes retiring. It's funny you mentioned Henny too. Henny is yeah. tied with Patrick Mahomes and I believe Jimmy Garoppolo with the most rings in the NFL right now. Wow. Okay. There's not even a defensive player that happened to be on a few teams or wow. Okay. There might be a, well, I mean, well, maybe you're talking about quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Quarterback. There's a bunch of Chiefs now that have two. That makes uh, sense. But even, you know, even looking at defensive players, there's not that many. There's a there couple of Eagles right. that have a couple, right? Or no, well, the Eagles didn't win. I was, I was I was chalking up the Eagles a Super Bowl win. They lost that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Eagles fans, to open that wound up again. Um, but it, it's just when I saw that, and it, it just never dawned on me. And so shout out to Mel and shout out yeah, to it's awesome. for bringing that statistic up. It's it's really unbelievable. And it could go even further in the other direction. Like it'll there, there might be. Only Patrick Mahomes very soon now, or... is this is a starting quarterback in the NFL that won a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. I think there's a better chance there's fewer of them next year than there is right now. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It probably will go down. I mean, Allen could get one or whatever. Last nugget on that is I do feel like, I think you agree with me, but we went through a quarterback desert. You know, I just mentioned all those guys that didn't hit and, there's probably a, a research that needs done is were all those guys terrible prospects or was the league doing something wrong and not catering to quarterbacks as well then either, you know, they didn't change things for Lamar and Allen back then as much. They just shoved them into a square peg into a round hole and said, Oh, you stink. You're, you're yeah. bad. You know, but they also weren't great prospects probably too. But do you agree? I think we're out of the desert though. You know, like I think we're getting to the forest and the burrows and Herberts and hurts. And I think it's promising again. Yeah, yes and no, because they remember last longer. year at this time, it felt like we had a podcast talking about the quarterback carousel. And for the first time ever, it felt like, man, maybe there's even too many starting or potential or you right, feel good right, about right. who the starting quarterback is. Maybe the first time ever, there's too many versus the jobs available for the 32 teams. And then you yeah. fast forward one offseason and all of a sudden, nope, that didn't happen. <laughs> Half right. of them sucked again. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. Pretty wild how that goes. I mean, I'm pretty sure Burrow, Allen, Herbert, you know, and we can go on probably name three or four other guys are going to be really good players and have really good careers. Yes, probably. But at this time, if you did a top ten list, Deshaun Watson was on it. Kyler Murray was like ten or eleven. I mean, people were falling hauling off the list. You know what I mean? They, uh, Carr was like eleven or twelve on most lists. You know, yes. so a couple and- guys fell off. And even the years where there were some hits and you look at uh, you look at Watson and Mahomes. Well, there was still Trubisky who went before. Both. <laughs> went before both of them. And when you look at Josh Allen, OK, that was great. And uh, Lamar Jackson, that was really cool. But there was Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Josh yeah. Rosen. Rosen. And yeah, I think we got to take that clarity into this draft where everyone's tripping over themselves to talk about how high is Will Levis going to go? How high is Anthony Richardson going to go? Uh, you're going to trade up to number one for a 5'11", 190 pound quarterback. History tells us that's not going to go good for multiple teams that we're talking oh, about right. here in the draft. I mean, Haskins and Daniel Jones finally turned the corner. What's Jordan Love? You know, I mean, what's Trey Lance? You know, Zach Wilson looks pretty brutal. You know, I mean, right. so mm-hmm. even recent memory is not looking kind to a lot of these guys. Yes. yes. 
All right, next, let's talk a little bit about Patrick Mahomes, a team that did hit on their first quarterback in the first round quarterback in the Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll talk uh, Philadelphia Eagles as well. What, what's the to do list look like for these teams going into 2023? Today's episode brought to you by our very good friends at Built Bar. I always love when I get a Built Bar package show up at, at my doorstep, and sometimes I don't even know. They take really good care of us, and they'll take really good care of you because you can get a protein bar that darn near tastes like a candy bar. It's so good. If you want that delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try Built Bar. Built Bar has been part of my plan even before the holidays. It wasn't even a New Year's resolution for me, but I know a lot of you started those. And if you're trying to stick with it still here into February, Built Bar is a part of it. It was a part of it for me because low calorie, low sugar with high protein is exactly what I'm looking for every day. And I'm doing pretty well. I'm down over five pounds since before nice. Christmas when I started this and feeling pretty good. And then I'll, I'll be down 10 pounds pretty soon here, you know, so uh, I'm feeling great about it. Hitting the gym more, feel uh, more satisfied when I reach for a treat that is high in protein. And you, it, I call it a treat because you feel like you're getting a treat with Built Bar. Healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And I'm talking, yes, that is right. Real, actual chocolate and come in unbelievable flavors. I don't know how they do it. Churro peanut butter brownie coconut almond the peanut butter flavors are my favorite but they've got the built puffs as well tons of different options at built.com only 130 calories in most built bars with only four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein and now you can find built bars on store shelves as well including your local walmart or sam's club so head to walmart today the pharmacy section you can find four bar boxes of flavors like Cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, or at Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13 bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. And then you can thank us later. And of course, you can find all the flavors and varieties at built.com. Thanks once again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Make sure you check out everything else the network has to offer. Locked on NFL, locked on NFL draft. And of course, your team is covered every single day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Patrick Mahomes at the Super Bowl parade, Matt, told Kansas City Chiefs fans, I don't even know what rebuilding is. So does <laughs> it even matter when you got Andy Reid, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Travis Kelsey. Matt, does it even matter what the Kansas City Chiefs do from here until May? Not as much as other teams. <laughs> I mean, when you have that guy, I mean, I think their philosophy now is – if we give this dude an O-line, we'll be fine. You know, and of course, and I do think that that was their version of a rebuild, which is frightening because I'm looking at right now at their offseason resources. They have a lot of cap space. They have quite a bit of draft capital, despite picking at the end of the round. I think they have one of the Dolphins picks still from Tyreek trade. I'm not, don't quote me on that. And with the big contracts that Kelsey, uh, Chris Jones, Mahomes has, they can restructure and open up more. So uh, on this chart that I have, they have about the 10th most off-season resources in the league, which is amazing for a Super Bowl team. And I'm looking at their free agents right now, too. And I don't know if this is by design or not, but they're all at like three positions. I mean, there are two nose tackles on the roster, Nandi and Kalen Saunders. Both are up. Okay, sign one of them, draft the nose in the third round. Whatever, you know, big deal. Um both tackles are up. That's a big deal, though, to me. You know, Andrew Wiley's the weakest link on that line, but he's a starting right tackle, and any starting right tackle is expensive. Orlando Brown is coming off the franchise tag, 
And frankly, I think he's one of the most overrated players in the league. And, and they helped those guys a, a lot this year with multiple tight end sets. And maybe you just have to bite the bullet and franchise Brown again, knowing you're overpaying him and just say, we'll try to develop somebody because you're not going to get a starting left tackle with the 31st pick. And then Hardman, Juju, and Justin Watson, not that it's a big deal, are all free agents too. So any mock should probably have a tackle or a wide receiver as the Chiefs' first pick. Those are the, the spots that are getting hit the hardest. Yep. Uh, we're on the same wavelength here. And, and I look at their roster and I thought the exact same thing. And I think they did do, I think they can rely on and expect more from Sky Moore in year two. Yeah. That, yeah. Pretty much every rookie wide receiver you could say that about, you know, they, they should have that year two bump and, and a lot of times year three bump as well for, for young wide receivers. And we've seen him make some plays and, you know, it didn't really start out that he was doing much this year, but I think they could pencil him in and feel really good about Sky Moore being one of those receivers going forward, but they still need depth behind him. So, you know, whether it's the pick 31, whether it's in the second round, third round, I think looking at wide receiver, even double dip and drafting a couple of those guys is key. But offensive tackle is number one. And the way – and and it's funny, maybe we've been doing this podcast too long together, but I thought the same thing was like – if you can fit it in and they might have to restructure some things and and it's tough when you have a really expensive quarterback and uh, and you have a veteran roster – you might have to lose some pieces, but mm-hmm. it's so key. And one of the reasons Patrick Mahomes has been protected so well this year, obviously they've put resources in the offensive line. I think that's really important to continue to do, but he's gotten the ball out as quick as he ever has. Hey, it's unbelievable. It's right. just part, part of his development as a quarterback. And which is why I like, you know, um, Sky Moore so much going mm-hmm. forward. I don't think they need to spend on Juju. I think they can let him walk. Yeah. He's got more rolls him. into that role, plays in the slot, plays outside. You can do uh, a number of things there, but continue to add talent, uh, of receiving talent to the football team. They got a seventh mm-hmm. round, you know, running back. They don't have to spend there at all. Um, you can let Clyde Edwards Hilaire walk, but pick 31. Maybe it's even a trade up situation. Get yourself the best offensive tackle you can. And if you can, Franchise tag Brown one more time, and maybe a team comes calling in trade. Well, there's your extra draft pick to draft an offensive tackle instead, maybe anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're developing a future left tackle, but also maybe trying to get a current right tackle as well. Tackle, tackle, tackle. I think for the uh, for the for the Kansas City Chiefs, and mm-hmm. you mentioned it, like getting a nose tackle. Then maybe yeah, it's just yeah. resigning uh, Colin Saunders because yeah, uh, yeah, he's going to cost too much. But you, you can find that on day two, day three. You can find a nose tackle, and they need to do that. But offensive tackle, priority number one for the Kansas City Chiefs. One thing I, I want to take back, though, is in, in the, generally speaking, you don't find starting left tackles at the end of the first round. But studying this draft, I mean, that dude Jones from Ohio State that's even bigger than Orlando Brown. He's the, the perfect – that's he's like the guy that's getting uh, – right. And I, I actually compared him to Trent Brown. The other yeah, good call. So, yeah, one of the Browns. You know, massive human. <laughs> yeah. You have to orbit around the player to get home, right? Yeah, um, and so that would he be, could a be there, fit, and he could absolutely be there. I think that's yeah. actually the perfect range for him. I think he's a late round one, early round two type of a guy. So who better to to learn from? Have two massive tackles this year, and then maybe plug him in. Uh, you know, maybe he's only a right tackle long term and not a left tackle. You got to find something else there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at historically NFL drafts and this is anecdotal because I don't have like the exact numbers in front of me. It really feels like there's a ton of busts late round one offensive tackles. Yeah, people yeah. try to force it because the, the true blue chippers aren't there anymore at offensive tackle late in round one. And you see a lot of picks where it's like, well, he looks the part, but he's not quite that good of a player or mm-hmm. 
he is a good player, but he's probably a guard. It's that that's what that's what you end up with a lot of at the end of round one. So it is a little mm-hmm. bit difficult. They might have to maneuver their way around. But Dewan Jones is yeah. a really interesting prospect for them. Yeah, he is. I mean, considering they have someone that's kind of a carbon copy. Yes. Uh, Oklahoma and Tennessee also has a guy that's projected late round one, early round two, and maybe they could sit a year, whatever. Um, if I don't know if people remember, but in my mock, I had them taking a tight end in the first round, which probably they don't have that luxury considering their wide receiver tackle situation that we laid out. But it's a great tight end draft, and there will be a good one available. And I would love to see one plug in immediately as the two and learn from Kelsey. Like, what a great mentor to have as a first-round tight end. And they play a ton of 12 personnel anyway. Yeah, and and I would add, not only do they have multiple tight ends on the field and and know and love how to use tight ends, but Mm -hmm. if Kelsey gets hurt, let's say Kelsey gets banged up for three weeks. Right. What happens to the offense? I think it changes things. Even though you got Mahomes, and we're talking about how they need to add depth with with other receivers, what if you, God forbid, lose Kelsey for maybe a season? You know, right, right, right. Uh, so that's that, it's Some not nothing there. to try to find. You know, whatever those receivers are, whether whoever's the t- the top player on your board, if it's a wide receiver, if it's a slot guy, uh, if it's uh, you know a dynamic tight end, whatever it is, that, that's definitely something that's got to be on the Kansas City's radar. Yeah, and if you play a lot of 12 and 13 personnel, you don't need your receiver depth or your receiver need gets lessened a little bit. And spending a tackle, whether it's a tackle or, you know, a corner or a wide receiver, you want to spend on one of those impact positions and utilize the power of the fifth year Mm -hmm. option too, if you're the Chiefs, because you know money's going to be tough and it's, it gets, that's where it gets most difficult, I think, for really good teams is those expensive positions. So you got an expensive quarterback finding edge, finding, uh, you know, stud D linemen, offensive tackles, wide receivers. It gets more difficult because you have to spend high end resources on those guys. So fifth year option becomes pretty powerful. No, no question. You're dead on. Next, the Philadelphia Eagles came up a little bit short. But they did one thing that was more important than anything the franchise could have done. What else can they do on top of that next? Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. NFL season is over. That doesn't mean you can't bet on NFL football, though. There's draft props at FanDuel. There is NFL futures. Who's going to win the Super Bowl next year? You can find those odds. And no surprise, it is the Kansas City Chiefs once again that are the favorite to win the next Super Bowl, followed by the Bills and the Eagles and the 49ers, and I believe it's the Cowboys uh, finishing up the top five. And it's also the midpoint of the NBA season. It's a perfect time to download FanDuel because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure. The website is super easy to use. I love how easy it is to maneuver that website. You can find point scores, uh, money lines, uh, threes drained in a game if you're betting on the NBA. Plus, FanDuel uh, makes it super easy to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. The Philadelphia Eagles, Matt, did the one most important thing you can do as an NFL franchise in the 2022 season, aside from winning a Super Bowl. They came up one game short there, but they got their quarterback. Yeah. They know they've, they believe in their head coach. 
And head coach yep. quarterback is the most important combination you can have in the NFL. We've seen how important it is for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles got to feel really good where they stand right now because they found that. And guess what? They even have a couple of first round picks to play with as well, which Super Bowl teams don't usually have. One of them yeah. is 10. And get that 10th pick is almost unfair to the rest of the league. However, their situation's a lot different than the Chiefs in, in that I don't think they're going away anytime soon. They're about middle of the road with available cap space right now, but they have like zero ability to open up more cap space because the guys you would restructure are all coming up for free agency. You know, Fletcher Cox and guys like that, your foundational players. And you're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts here really soon. You mentioned the fifth-year option. They don't have that at their disposal. You know, their starting right guard, Sile Molo, is up for free agency, former first-round pick Dillard. Minshew, that doesn't seem like much, but you have to have a backup quarterback. They cost money. You're starting running back, Miles Sanders. You, you signed Namakong Sue and Linvel Joseph. They're done. Your first two D tackles, Cox and Hargrave, they're up. Your two starting linebackers, Edwards and White, they're up. Your two starting safeties, Garter Johnson and Epps, they're up. Uh, Pro Bowl corner and Bradbury, he's up. So they knew this was coming, and it's not a... a if you notice their draft last year, their first pick was Jordan Davis. I just mentioned four defensive tackles that are going to be a free agent. Their second pick was Cam Jurgens, a center. And Kelsey, is he going to be back? Could Jurgens plug in at right guard? He's much different, though. I mean, they always want big, hulking guards to play next to the smaller center. And then yeah, their third pick Jergens, was Kobe Dean. You know, so I, they're all I'm positions. Mentioned, uh, Jer- yeah. Because it was no we're preparing for we got a, a true true set athletic style to to carbon coffee uh and we haven't heard yet from kelsey if he's retiring or not i think if they would have won we might have heard you know uh, a sort mm-hmm. of uh that sort of a, a speech in in something from from kelsey but it looks like at this point he's coming back i guess that's probably not a guarantee but we probably would have heard if he's going to retire by now maybe jurgens at guard Maybe it's dirty for a year and then he slides yeah. into center, but it's it's probably not the ideal situation. But, you know, he was a, a prospect they drafted in the second round. They really like him. And you might have to get by like that for a year and still mm-hmm. look at the position and draft maybe the hooking guy that comes in in, in red shirts or at least competes with Jurgens at guard if, if Kelsey's going to stick around. They're definitely not going to kick Kelsey out the door. No, right. And I would think Suomulo will make a, a fair buck, you know, coming off the best lines in the league and – especially once they extend Hertz, but the days of bringing in more than you lose are probably done for the Eagles. Now it's just maintain. Do you remember who you had for the Eagles with the 10th pick in your mock draft, Matt? I'm trying to put, put my thinking cap on. What's the ideal scenario for the Philadelphia Eagles in the draft with their two extra first round picks? Are they, are they just, uh, are they just attacking needs at this point? Or are they they still have a, a quarterback that's going to get paid big at some point, but he's still not super expensive? So can they go out on the free agent market and maybe attack those needs and just let the best players fall to them in the NFL draft? Well, I, I had them taking an edge guy. I forget which one I, I gave them. And then I had them take a corner with their pick. And it's a really deep corner draft. Bradbury's up, as I mentioned. But I wanted to mention Brandon Graham, too. I mean, he was drafted in 2010. I mean, how much longer are you going to have Brandon Graham? He's been an all-time great Eagle as well. So that's why I went edge with them. I've seen a lot of people mocking B. John Robinson to the Eagles. And while that's frightening as can be, (laughs) 
that's just not what they do. I mean, they're smart about running backs and they, I mean, they're going to draft big people or corners. You know I mean? I, I, I promise. I does. It, it doesn't fit their MO no. and learn from the chiefs when they drafted the top running back in what was that? The 2020 draft in Clyde Edwards. Right. It was like, right. it was a luxury and an un at that point. And Bijan mm-hmm. Robinson is a great prospect. Sure. Um, but as good as a running back is, it's just not going to move the needle like some of those other positions. And if you've got gaping holes in your offensive line, that running back is not going to have anywhere to run and your quarterback's going to get hit and your season's going to go south. So yeah. it's, it's a nice luxury to have. But And if he's there at their second first-round pick, maybe you think about it. Maybe. But, and I, I just can't see it. it. I don't think it's an organizational philosophy for them to draft a running back that high and, and spend the resources there. They're a really analytically driven team, which would – which is, you know, the teams that are least likely to draft a running back high or spend a whole right, bunch right. on a running back. So I've seen that a few times. I don't know where Bijan Robinson is going to go. He could go right, right. from 10 to 31, basically. Um, I, I have a feeling he'll go high just because he'll end up being the top prospect on a board at some point. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, th- you know, there will be teams that value running backs more and they'll look at the board and they'll say, well, we value these other positions, but the guy with the highest grade is Bijan. So let's take the guy with the highest grade. You know, at some point in the first round, that's going to happen. But at not 10, at 10, not to this not team. Spot. No. This team's as predictable as they come. They're going to take Lyman, and I could see a corner if Bradbury goes. You know, I mean, and it sets up well for that. They've had great success doing it. One other little nugget, Gardner Minshew is probably going to make a decent buck on the open market. I mean, we saw – what, 60 or 70, 70 quarterback start games? Well, Minshew's 30th, 35th on that list. I mean, he's going to have value to somebody. But I would look for somebody that's a rugged ball carrier as Hertz's replacement, not a Minshew type. And the idea of a backup quarterback is, okay, When if our quarterback goes down, this yeah. guy can come in and win some games. They didn't they didn't do that when Gardner Minshew came in. It was, <laughs> right, right. It was like, oh, this is very different. And so I, I don't think it's helping you that much to spend that much on a backup quarterback either. So I don't know right, if that right. means you go to the draft again at quarterback and um, try to develop somebody or, you know, late round pick plus, you know, but you probably don't spend, and I don't know what Gardner Minshew is going to make, but you're not spending $10 million, million on a no, backup quarterback. Not with two safeties, two linebackers, three defensive tackles, starting guard, all those guys up, you know, like can't do it. You could do it last year. Can't do it anymore. And you mentioned the defensive line, like Jordan Davis, I mean, he's a monster of a dude, but he's got to progress too. I think he's got to be better right. than he was last year. And you, you shouldn't have, have needed to add Dom Sue to that defense. You know, when you looked at right. the personnel and you looked at the guys they already had and that shouldn't have been necessary. And so they still have to add, to the defensive line, but I think a big part of their defensive line is Jordan Davis becoming that dude in the middle. Yeah. I also like Milton Williams that he drafted in the third round a couple of years yes. ago. He's yeah. much different. He's an athlete, right. you know, yeah. but you know, he, he has some upside, but you're right. I mean, on Super Bowl Sunday, Jordan Davis was fifth in their defensive tackle usage. You know, I mean, it's Cox, Hargrave, Sue, Joseph Davis, you know, like, he should be better than that. And those guys are good. I mean, it's not like he has a bunch of bums in front of him, but he was fifth on the depth chart, basically. So that's the starting point for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles going into the 2023 season. Can they get back to Super Bowl 58? 
Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to Peacock and Williamson every single day. Make sure you check out Locked On NFL Draft. We've got a couple of new hosts, and I think it's going to be a fantastic uh, podcast for everybody every day heading into the NFL Draft. And we are fully in NFL Draft season. Tons of NFL Draft conversations coming up here on Peacock and Williamson as well. And we'll talk to you tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.